Turn to the book of Matthew chapter 27 this morning. Matthew chapter number 27. And uh, yes, sir. Matthew chapter 27, if you're able to stand with us this morning in reverence to the Word of God in prayer. Well, I appreciate what God's already done in the service this morning. Amen. And we certainly are blessed today. Matthew chapter 27. And look with me, if you would, in verse number in verse number 38. Matthew 27 and verse number 38. The Bible said, Then were there two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and another on the left. And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads, and saying, Thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself. If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priest, mocking him with the scribes and elders, said, He saved others himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now if he will have him. For he said, I am the Son of God. The thieves also which were crucified with him cast the same in their teeth. Father, Lord, I do pray in Jesus' name that you would help us these next few moments. God, I pray you give us liberty. I pray that you give us a physical and a spiritual touch this morning. I pray that you be glorified in all that will be said and done. Save that sinner, Lord, as it's already been said. Lord, there's somebody here needs to be saved. And I pray the Holy Ghost would deal with them, convict them, and save their soul this morning. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to preach this morning on man's greatest sin at the cross. Man's greatest sin at the cross. You see, our our text begins, if you go back to verse number 35, the Bible says, and they crucified him. And when we think about this text, we, we think about the crucifixion. And then we think about the criminals in this text. Verse 38 said, Then were there two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and the other on the left. In fact, verse 44 said, The thieves also which were crucified with him cast the same in their teeth. And so, so we, we think about the cru- crucifixion. We, we think about these criminals that Jesus was crucified in the midst of them. We also think about the crowd. Notice the Bible says in verse 38 and they that passed by reviled him and then the word of God talks about others that I think if you go back to verse number 36 the Bible said in sitting down they watched him there there was a crowd that was around the cross that that sat and they watched Jesus they they watched him suffer they watched his agony they watched him be tortured that tortured they enjoyed the the cruelty of the cross just like someone would sit down and watch a play at a theater. They sit there at Calvary and watch the darling Lamb of God as the life ran out of his veins. Uh, uh, They watched a fountain that was filled with blood flow from Emmanuel's veins that day. And so we see the crowd and we see the the criminals and we see the crucifixion and we also see the comments. Notice the the comments that they made to him that day in verse number 40. They said, Thou destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days. Uh, Save thyself if thou be the Son of of God come down from the cross. Uh, notice in that comment there was no faith as they said, if thou be the Son of God. Then they said in verse number 42 the scribes and the elders uh, said he saved others himself. He cannot save. You know there's an element of truth in that because had Jesus saved himself, 
uh, the Calvary would have never begun and we could not have been saved. And so instead of saving himself, he saved others, amen? He looked not on his own things, but he looked also on the things of others. Uh, And then they said, if thou be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. And we know that was a lie. If they wouldn't believe in him by now, there's not anything that he would have done or could have said or could have done to have changed them. You see, there's a difference uh, in doubting and unbelief because unbelief is a choice that someone makes. Uh, Someone that is doubting is struggling to believe uh, or they're struggling with their belief. Uh, But those who do not believe, those who are unbelievers, uh, it is by choice uh, that they chose not to believe the Christ of Calvary. Then in verse 43, they make a final comment that he trusted in God. Let him deliver him now if he will have him. For he said, I am the Son of God. You know what these comments prove this morning? They prove that religion is very cruel. Amen? That religion hates Christ. You know why there's so much anti-Semitism going on around this world and sad to say even in this country? It's because the reason they hate the Jew is because they hate the king of the Jews. Amen? This world may not even realize it, but because they don't like to retain God in their knowledge, they have absolutely no reason to hate God's people, but yet they chose to do that because they hate Christ. If you don't know Jesus Christ, then Israel doesn't mean anything. But if you know Jesus, you love the Jew because God loves the Jew and has always loved them. In this text, what we find this morning is we find random people in verse number 39, and we find religious people in verse number 41. We find robbers in verse number 44. Calvary was surrounded by all types and classifications of people as they surrounded Jesus that day. And when we think about the cross this morning, I would say this morning that the cross is a sorrowful place. Amen. I mean, he is a man of sorrows who was acquainted with grief. The Bible said Calvary was a sorrowful place. And Calvary was a scary place. We don't view it that way because we're on the other side of the cross. But if we lived in the day of Christ and we had to see men crucified whenever the gavel would come down and a criminal would hear the words Golgotha, listen, their stomach would sink into their bowels because they knew immediately that it meant a torturous death. Calvary was a scary place and particularly on this day because the demons of hell, no doubt my friend, danced around the cross waiting for the death of the Son of God. And then I would say this morning that Calvary was a sinful place. For it was at Calvary Jesus bore the sins of all humanity. My sin, your sin, past sins, present sins, future sin. God poured his wrath out at Calvary. The reason the sun did not shine for three hours at the cross that day was because he that knew no sin became sin for us. It doesn't just mean that Jesus died for me, but it means that he died as me and he died as you. He became sin for us. He took upon him our sin even though he was sinless. He became came sin for us uh, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Uh, uh, Jesus bore the sins of humanity. What's startling about Calvary this morning is while Jesus is bearing sins, 
They're sinning at the cross. You ever thought about that? While Jesus is bearing their sin, while Jesus is bearing the sins of the past and the sins of the present, those sinners that are at the cross that day, they're doing the only thing that sinners know to do. They're sinning. They're sinning before the very cross of our Savior. You think about it. The sin of immorality in verse number 35 as they parted his garments that day. The sin of gambling as they cast lots that day in verse number 35. The sin of staring in verse number 36. They were staring at Christ to interrogate him, to intimidate him. They were watching him that day. You think about the sin of mocking in verse number 37 as they mocked his identity in verse number 32 they mocked his ability in verse number 42 they mocked his spirituality in verse number 43 I mean they mocked the son of God uh, the sins uh, they enjoyed the horrific and the gross sight uh, of Calvary that day as they watched him a lot of sin going on at Calvary but all these sins this morning that I mentioned is not man's greatest sin at the cross. I'm talking about the sin of immorality, the sin of, uh, listen, the sin of gambling at the very cross. Uh, I mean, it'd be one thing to go to Sin City. I have no desire to go to Sin City whatsoever other than to preach the Word of God. I'm not, listen, buying a ticket and going to Las Vegas. Uh, I got no desire to walk through a gambling uh, a casino somewhere. So I know that may hair lip a few people this morning, uh, but I'll tell you, so a man told me one time, said, you know, you can get a $3 porterhouse uh, uh, they're at one of those casinos. I said, I don't care if they're passing them out for free. Uh, I got no desire uh, to go to a casino and sit down where they're doing a bunch of gambling uh, to eat a steak. I'd be afraid I'd choke on it. Amen. Uh, and if you did, God help your sorry soul. Amen. Uh, I'm telling you, if you're a Christian this morning, uh, uh, you ought to stay away from the lottery tickets. Amen. Uh, you ought to stay away from the gambling. Amen. Uh, you say, well, I don't think it's a sin. I tell you, it's a sin, number one, because you're not a good steward of what God's give you. Number two, it's a sin because if you win, that means somebody else has to lose. Amen. And Christian living is not, not, not about taking. It's about giving. Uh, and then it's a sin because that's what they did at the cross. Uh, I tell you, I'm not going to gamble uh, because they gambled at the cross that day. Well, there's your short sermon on the lottery. Amen. Sin. But that wasn't man's greatest sin. Man's greatest sin was not even mocking the Son of God. You think about that. To mock people is one thing, but to mock Jesus Christ is another. And then to mocking as he is pouring out his life, that's a great sin. But it's not man's greatest sin at the cross. You say, preacher, what was his greatest sin? It's found in verse number 39 in this little phrase, and they that passed by. You know what the greatest sin that man committed at, at Calvary is they passed by the cross. There's not a sin that I just mentioned that was taking place that day that what God would not forgive them of. 
He would have forgave them for gambling. He would have forgave them for mocking. In fact, if you think about it, the Bible says in verse number 44 that the thieves also which were crucified with him cast the same in his teeth. So both of those thieves uh, was mocking him and saying the things that we just read. But he forgave that one thief. Uh, so there's not a sin that's taking place at Calvary that what it could not have been forgiven had it been confessed. Uh, but there is one sin at Calvary that can never be forgiven. And that is passing by the cross uh, or letting the cross pass you by. And that's exactly what happened that day. Uh, uh, my friend, while man uh, was sinning, uh, uh, God was saving uh, uh, right there in the middle of all that sin. He saved that one thief. But in reality, you realize he would have saved both thieves. Uh, but one thief reached out and accepted Calvary. The other thief, uh, as close to the cross as a man could get, as close to the blood of Christ as a man could get, but he died and went to hell from the worst place in the world. He died and went to hell from Calvary. He went to hell from the one place that would save anybody from any sin. You say, why is that? Because he let Calvary pass him by. You know, this morning, he'd be ashamed to be sitting in church hearing the gospel this morning, knowing that you need to be saved and let the cross pass you by. He'd be ashamed this morning to hear the preaching and to look down at your watch and say, well, what time are we going to get out of here this morning? Or well, when I get done, when preacher gets done, I got to go somewhere. I got to go do such and such. Oh, I want to tell you this morning, it's quiet in here, I believe, for a reason right now. It's because God wants us to hear that still, small voice. Let it speak to your soul. Don't you let Calvary pass you by. You say, well, preacher, I'm saved this morning. That's good. But I'll tell you, if you walk out on God, if you run from God, you may never have another opportunity. If you let the cross pass you by, good works, church membership will not save you, will not get you into the kingdom of heaven. I'm telling you, being baptized, paying tithes and offerings, none of that's going to save your soul. Don't let Calvary pass you by. If you know you're lost and you know you need to be saved, come clean, own your sin, recognize you need Christ, and come to Calvary this morning. They watched Calvary. Some of them sat down at Calvary they let it pass them by. I wonder how many times in service it happens. I, I think about those here that let Calvary pass them by. I think about the atmosphere in which they pass by. Think about the atmosphere, the blood being shed, the drippings of Calvary running down the feet and the legs and dripping off uh, the ankles of our Savior, running down His arms and dripping off His fingertips, uh, the blood running down the cross, uh, the blood, my friend, pumping through His veins uh, and coming out uh, of His hands and His feet uh, and His brow. And uh, my friend, as He was there that day, uh, uh, the blood of Calvary, the blood of God, the holy, sinless blood of God, that would wash away our sins. It was flowing freely that day at Calvary. The atmosphere was a bloody atmosphere, but they let it pass them by. The sacrifice. Jesus was beyond recognition, Isaiah said. His visage was marred more than any man. 
The brutality of the cross, they they let it pass them by. No sympathy, no compassion for the brutality that Jesus had went through. His visage was so marred that day at the cross. Uh, They let the love, uh, the atmosphere, while there was an atmosphere of hate uh, and while there was an atmosphere of anger, there was also an atmosphere of mercy. There was also an atmosphere of love. Uh, You say, where was that coming from? It was coming from the portals of heaven uh, for God so loved the world that on that day he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God willingly gave his son and bruised him at Calvary and opened up a fountain that day so that all could come and be saved and in the midst of that hatred it was overwhelmed by the love of God that is greater far than man could ever tell. It goes beyond and it did that day. The high star and it reached all the way down at Calvary to the lowest of hell I'm talking about it was an atmosphere of love that day at Calvary that thief got baptized in the love of God when he said Lord remember me and Jesus with everlasting love and compassion reached out and said today thou shalt be with me in paradise that thief sunk back on the cross overwhelmed and amazed at the love of God oh my Savior's love that day that was the atmosphere of love the atmosphere of life. For things were dying that day, but things were also living. Because the last companion Jesus had in this world was a thief. But the first companion he had in the next world was a thief. And Jesus, in his dying hour, dying breath, with just a little bit of blood left in his body and a little bit of air left in his lung. You know what he did? What he came to this world to do. To seek and to save that which is lost. Isn't it like Christ, uh, before he prays that final prayer, he said, uh, before he exits this world, I'm going to save one more sinner from the clutches of death, uh, from the clutches of hell. I kindly think when that thief went in on the other side of paradise uh, and he walked through that gate, uh, somebody said, what are you doing here? I mean, they already had an appointment for you to go to hell. Uh, Hell already had your ticket stamped uh, and ready to go. I think when he looked over that great gulf, uh, he probably thought to himself that's where I ought to be that's where I was headed just a few breaths death had me listen the devil was ready but say what are you doing here Mr. Thief he said I'm with him amen I'm here because of Calvary I'm here because of Jesus I know I ought to be right there but thank God I'm not going there I'm on the other side I'm on this side it was an atmosphere of salvation hallelujah Thank God there was life. I'm telling you, in the midst of all of that death, he found new life. They let it pass them by. Then I see the arrogance in which they passed by. And the Bible says, and they passed by reviling him, wagging their heads. No tears for him at Calvary. No time for Jesus at Calvary. No thought of Him at Calvary. No turning to Him at Calvary. Just a few feet from the cross, 
just a few feet. But you know what pride will do? And arrogancy, it'll let a sinner, it'll let a sinner come all the way to the very threshold of the cross, stand nearly under the very drippings of Calvary itself, and pass by. In this church this morning, I guarantee you, there are people here you need to be saved. In fact, I'm going to take it a step further. Ma'am, you better look at me. Hey, lady, in this church, you've been on conviction so many times it ain't even pitiful. It's pitiful. And I've seen people, you, it's all over your face. You come, to the, you come so close, just keep walking away. I ain't trying to scare nobody, but I'll tell you one thing. Sometimes I don't know what's going to take to wake some people up. We're living, in some, we're living in some days when people don't fear God like they used to. And I know God still sends conviction, but it's hard to get people under conviction like it used to be. You know why? Because they've seen so much and heard so much, and I think a lot of people's got devils all in them. They don't fear hell. They don't fear. They're like this crowd. So close, but not even moved by the cross. The arrogancy. The arrogancy. Well, I remember as a boy when people wouldn't even throw trash in the front yard of a church. Now they'll, they'll do about anything, won't they? The arrogancy in which they pass by. Notice the actions in which they pass by. As they reviled him, they wagged their heads. That's, a, that's an attitude of rebellion and rejection. They wagged their heads at the Son of God, uh, walking away as if he is nothing, making comments and laughing and mocking amongst themselves. You know what God said about that in Proverbs chapter 1? He said, go ahead and mock. I'm going to miss, I, I'm just going to paraphrase it, but he said there's coming a day. God said when your fear is going to come as a desolation, it's going to come as a whirlwind and God said then you'll stretch out your arm he said but I'll refuse he said in that day God said then you'll call upon me he said but I'll also laugh at your calamity I'm going to tell you God's going to have the last laugh one of these days one of these days all the mockers and the scoffers are going to be done all the laughing and mocking is going to be over with go ahead and mock God go ahead and sit in church and laugh go ahead and write notes and go ahead and look on your phone and don't listen to preaching go ahead and shake it off and talk to somebody else as if it's nothing. I'm telling you, there's coming a day when you're going to wake up in the fiery pits of hell. Every time you laughed, every time you sat in church and mocked, every time you rolled your eyes at the man of God because he preached to your never dying soul, you're going to have all eternity to remember the opportunities God mercifully gave you to be saved. Hallelujah. Go ahead and mock, go ahead and laugh. I seen a guy laugh in church one time. He didn't live very long after that. He said, what happened to him? I, I don't know where he went, but if he went the way he was acting, he's not laughing this morning. The arrogancy, the actions, and then here's the answer. Why? I think that's the question. Why would anybody let the cross pass them by? Sinner, why would you come to church this morning? Hear the message. 
and leave the same way you came. Now I understand if someone has a medical problem. I'm not fussing about that. I'm not even picking on anyone. I want you to misunderstand me. But it is a reality what I'm going to tell you. I have seen people get under conviction so bad. And I'm talking about recently. They'd have to get up and leave. When I, they knew the preacher was fixing to give that invitation. And they did a beeline for the bathroom or they had beeline out the door. You know why? They didn't want to sit through that invitation. You know what happened? Same thing this crowd did. You walk past the cross. Oh, even say person this morning, if you're backslid, don't you walk past Calvary. What you need to do is get your heart right with God. You need to look back at the cross. Maybe this morning there's a saved person. You're backslid. You're critical. You're cold. You're indifferent. You know, this morning not a person in this building has a reason to quit serving God. None of us has a reason to grumble. I'm talking about myself this morning. We don't have a reason to complain. We don't have a reason. Hey, we live in America. Can we get an amen? We still got breath in our body. We're sitting in the house of God. Our babies have not had their heads cut off. Amen. I'm telling you, God's been good to us. I'm going to tell you the sleepiest people you'll meet in this life is sitting in church. People get their feelings hurt and and they, they whine and they cry about little old things. Nobody said this or nobody treated. I'm going to tell you something. What's wrong with them people? I'll tell you what's wrong with their backslid as a billy goat. What's wrong with them? Y'all still with me? I'm steamrolling over something. I'm just going to roll on. Amen. Roll tide rolls what I say right now. I hear little things sometimes. Well, nobody asked me. Wah, 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 wah. We don't do that around here. Can I get an amen? Well, they didn't pick me. We don't do that around here. You can find you another church, go cry and, and, and get you a whole bunch of people on your side. Amen. Can I get an amen? And you can take them with you if you need to. Can I get an amen? We don't do that here. We don't feel sorry for ourselves and, and, and whine to people. You say, why are you preaching that? Because it's in the text. No, I'm preaching it because I feel like it's in my soul to preach it real good right now. We don't, we don't whine around here. That goes for the pastor too. Say, why? Because I tell you what we all deserve is preacher included. We deserve nothing short of hell. And I'll tell you, to be saved and be sitting in church this morning, we all just ought to, we all ought to just thank God. Amen. Am I telling you the truth this morning? Don't even deserve to be on this carpet this morning because of Calvary. We don't whine about nothing. Are y'all with me? Are y'all with me? None of y'all feel sorry for yourself, do you? None of you boys feeling sorry for yourself, okay? Because you don't have a reason. You got a King James Bible. Amen. That's right. No reason to feel sorry for ourselves this morning. God's been good to us, Brother Jason. 
No quitting. You say, preacher, why are you saying that? Because when people backslide, here's what happens. Get away from the cross. Go back to Calvary. All them old little things I just mentioned. People be embarrassed about the judgment seat. That they ever became an issue in life. I tell you what's going to outshine eternity. John said, I looked. And behold, in the midst of a throne. You know what was standing in the midst of that throne? A lamb. He said, in the midst of that throne there stood a lamb. And he said, the only one worthy. That elder said, weep not, John. He said, there is one that's worthy to open that book. John turned around and through the tears he saw the Lamb of God and said he was worthy to open the book, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. That's who he is. Jesus is going to outshine them all. Calvary was a dark hour, but heaven's going to be a glorious hour. He's a bitter day coming. He's a glorious day coming. He's a day coming when there'll be no more sickness and there'll be no more sorrow and there'll be no more suffering and there'll be no more pain. We'll worship Him. We'll praise Him. It'll all be about Him. Hallelujah. It's all going to be about Him. Calvary will be the song of the ages. I don't want it to pass me by. Sinner, don't let it pass you by. If you've never been saved, would you get saved today? Why did these men let it pass them by? They were greedy, religious, wicked, vile, proud. But most of all, they were unbelieving. I was preaching this week in a church. The pastor told me after the service, there was two young ladies in that church. I shook their hand after the service. I can't quite remember what they looked like, but I remember they were in their early 20s, if I've got that right. Late teens, early 20s. And the preacher told me, he said, I preached on Calvary that night. And sometimes in your mind when you preach sermons, you think, wonder why I'm preaching this message here tonight. The pastor came to me. He said, that's the first two times or that's the first time that those two ladies have ever been in church. Late teens, early 20s. Never been in church their whole life. Right here in the Bible Belt. I want you to pray they'll get saved. They might be getting saved right now. But I'll tell you this morning, if you know you're lost, don't you let the cross pass you by. Please, sinner, don't die without Jesus. Brother Laddie testified it's so right. I, my heart was so heavy this morning for someone to be saved. And God put it on your heart this morning. And I know that's right. And I don't think God would put it on your heart in my heart. And there's no telling who else's hearts this morning. And there not be somebody here that needs to be saved. Please don't die without Jesus. Please don't go to hell. Come this morning and be saved. Wouldn't it be wonderful if somebody, anybody got saved in this church today? That's all that really matters. Is that somebody here?
come to know Jesus as we stand. I love you this morning. And if you're backslid, I want to see you get right with God. And if you're lost, we want to see you get saved. Come, sinner, while we sing. Would you come? Pie.